commence primary ignition. This is Star Wars. Look out! You may fire when ready. From the bright center of the galaxy, I'm Grex Kondak, and you're listening to Corner World News, your Holland News show of in-depth coverage for the latest stories from around the galaxy. Now, your news segment rundown for September 25th, 2020. Kyber Crystal Comics Corner. But first, Disney Plus News, and Star Wars gives us a sneak peek of a lightsaber from the High Republic era. Now the house, Ben Grant to discuss. All right. Thank you, Grex. Yeah. Uh, welcome all to another edition of uh, Core World News. Happy to have you here. We're happy to be talking about these things. We're going to do a little comics roundup today. That's going to be great. But before we do that, we got a little grab bag of news this week. Um, and this is a lightsaber, uh, a cross guard lightsaber that was revealed. Um, that has a very interesting and very elegant design here. What uh, what y'all think about this lightsaber? Uh, it's pretty. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty high fantasy. It yes. is very high fantasy. It's kind of that Arthurian blend of Star Wars that I'm really excited to get into in in the High Republic. Uh, that medieval approach, and we know we got a tease of it with Kylo's saber, and then we knew that there were sabers like this in the past from other ancillary shows and things like that where you got to see you know other cross guard sabers but it's it's really cool to see this like polished mint conditioned cross guard saber in use by Stellan Geos. I think that this is his saber. Yeah. Uh, did you guys catch that? Yeah. yeah. All that. Yeah. I'm not sure which one is Stellan Geos. He's one of the he's, human he's characters, the, he's, right? He's the Dario Naharis of the uh <laughs> of the crew. Really? You'll, is he a you'll see player? him. You'll see him. Okay. Is he a roguish character or is he's he roguish? Yeah. Okay. Grizzled. He has a business of scruff. Ooh, I like. Uh, <laughs> Ben's excited. I like his style. I'm into. I'm into this. I. Uh, you know, it's interesting. I feel like this is this is continuing a pattern in Star Wars that I find interesting, which is new variations of of sabers seem to be introduced as dark side first, and then we see their light side equivalent later. Like we get yeah. the double bladed with with Darth Maul, and then eventually we get the we see them with what was the temple guards. Kind of have yes. their double, and then and then we had like like Grant, you said that we saw the cross guard lightsaber first with Kylo, and now we get to see that it's actually based on the very old thing. And I kind of like that idea of like this is what the more elegant and refined version of these things are, and then we get the kind of the the brutal versions that the Sith use. Yeah, this one is a little bit of different design from Kylo's, in that Kylo kind of had these exhaust vents on the side of his, and later, yeah, they did turn up. We saw a lightsaber. Uh, lightsaber a light side lightsaber um, of the same design uh, in that temple at the end of Rebels, season five of Rebels, where we meet, uh, sorry, season four of Rebels, where we meet uh, Maul again. Um, but this one's different. It's got like both a cross guard that's made of some gold material, bronzium, and then, um, but it has like another little mini lightsaber that sort of protects the, the steel. And it and it like transforms. It opens up and uh, becomes yeah. the thing. Um, they but show how it hangs on the belt lobe uh, yeah. hook there as well. It's got quite an apparatus that goes along with it. It makes me wonder if you can use this without the cross guard extended, right? Like, can you maybe uh, yeah. just as a basic saber? I don't know. Yeah, but I don't why know why you? you would want to do that, but I'm yeah. just one. Yeah. yeah. Also, like, why don't you just also make this thing for cross it, cross guards? <laughs> oh, that'd be interesting. Yeah. Like all four go down yeah. and they're like, yeah. yeah. Well, that seems a little unwieldy, don't you think? Sure. <laughs> Laser swords, whatever. <laughs> yeah. So that's exciting. Um, we got some. It looks other... like those, those cross guard beams like push out the, the, the two quillions that are right there. Those those things okay. that are sticking out. So I think that, uh, that all folds in, up. right? Does I that all so. fold in? I think it does. Yeah, Backing yeah up. they show it folded here in this. We're looking at a picture from Star Wars that Adam shared with us. But yeah, it has its closed uh, yeah. form, and then it's open form. Right, you just used the word quillions? Quillins? Quillins? Quillions? What is that word? I, don't, I, no, I know it's, I believe you. I'm just, I love the it cross, when I hear a word I don't know. The quillins point, point forward when the saber is not in use. So those are the things that come down. Interesting. Yeah. All right, learn a new so. word every day. 
As um, we drift further into high fantasy, we're going to need to know this terminology. Yes. I just read a thousand page high fantasy book called The Way of Kings, and they never used the word Quillins at once. <laughs> I feel a, they don't have a, ripped they don't have a Pablo. Yeah. Brandon Stevenson owes me. Um, the hill looks a little longer, too, as if he could wield this with two hands, almost like a, like a two handed, you know, broadsword or something like that. Like it's, yeah. it's, yeah. It's, like it's got some heft to it. So that's cool. Um, that's really neat. So, uh, Excited to see more. I'm wondering if we're going to get pole arms and shields and all sorts of other types of medieval weaponry. I won't be surprised. I think they're going, they're doubling down on the high fantasy, which I'm all for. What else we got in our grab bag? Uh, You brought us the Tony Gilroy story. Oh, I guess I did. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Tony Gilroy out at Cassian Andor. Kind of? Um... So the long storied history of people coming in and dropping out of the Cassian Andor series continues. Um, but, you know, at first, you know, they kept Star Wars and Lucasfilm kept talking about uh, COVID-19. And I was a little skeptical saying they might just be using that as an excuse to just move in another direction. But more reading into the into the story, it does seem that's something legitimate going on, that Tony Gilroy is stuck in the United States. They're going to film in the UK. And I think. Part of what I'm feeling is based on a lot of production delays and, you know, you can see what happened with Marvel this this week. I have a feeling we might get a, another delay with the Star Wars movies. And I think they're getting really hot to start getting as many TV shows running as possible. So I think they want to get this thing up and running. And they decided to um, decide to, to move forward a director um, who was going to be directing kind of the later episodes who's already in England um and i totally switched off the uh the toby thing. haynes i believe toby haynes so, yeah toby haynes, toby haynes exactly. yeah toby um, haynes. and he'll be shooting the first three episodes because uh of covid restrictions right yeah and because tony gilroy is kind of stuck in the united states but it sounds like he's going to be phoning in for all the directing so it might be a bit of a ghost directing or at least kind of more of a more of a pro- production side of it but uh so so, you know, it, it's definitely a change, but it doesn't seem like it's as drastic of a change as going a completely different direction. It sounds like they're probably using the same scripts and doing everything. They just need to shift around directors. Yeah. Do you, so do we think that's going to impact uh, production schedule and, and, you know, release date of the show or anything like that? Probably not. I mean, if they're going to push ahead with this other director. I, that tells me that yeah. they're they're going to they're locked, locked in yeah. uh, their schedule, locked their picture locked or Ready to shoot. Right, because they have scripts for this thing, right? Finally, yeah. And I feel like it's been a long road getting those scripts together, so they're probably just like, let's not lose the steam and the momentum they finally built with this thing and let's start shooting. Yeah, that just tells me they're moving forward, if anything. So uh, that's exciting. That's exciting they're going to start shooting. And I wonder if they have a volume over there at uh, Pinewood. I wouldn't be surprised if they built one over there as well. Guessing they must have. Or, I, I can't or two or three. I think you'd have yeah. space for two or three volumes over there. And then imagine what you could do in terms of, you know, turnaround time. Yeah. And Can that I company, ask, company moves. This is going to be a completely, not completely, this is going to be a tangent. And, you know, feel free to edit this out. But I just saw the preview for the WandaVision show that's coming <laughs> yeah. out, which looks amazing. Um, and it's interesting because that's still moving forward. And, Falcon and Winter Soldier, which is supposed to come out first, it got pushed back. Did they shoot a lot of that on the volume? Do we know the WandaVision? Because it looks very much like they would have used the volume for a lot of the a lot of the sets and things they're doing in that show. And I'm wondering if that's why they were able to continue kind of stick with that release schedule a lot of something like I, Falcon. I Winter don't Soldier. think they did, only mm-hmm. because in in recent news about that stagecraft technology. Uh, they had uh, Lucasfilm ILM had shared that they recently sourced the volume and the stage draft te- technology to Marvel Studios for Thor Love and Thunder. So going and, uh, you'd think, yeah, so you'd think they would have announced that at least the deal Probably. or the partnership or the yeah. the lending of that technology. Yeah. You'd think but they I'm would sure have made that. Future. Yeah. yeah. Just curious. It looked very. Well, I'm sure they wish they had used that technology because watching that show, they probably could have gotten it done in half the time. You, you, you would want to tell yeah. the trades though because it's a pretty hot topic in the tech, you know, yeah. sphere, yeah. and so that would generate a lot of buzz for your series if you absolutely, yeah. So, I, so pro- probably not, but maybe I wouldn't. No, I, I really cool. I, if it's a surprise. That makes sense. It's like, well, I, 
saying no is okay. I just had no, I had no idea. I was just watching that thinking that it would look very volume. I'm very excited for that series though. It looks yeah. really, really cool. Uh, cannot be more excited for it. Um, yeah. So other than that, the Tony Gilroy no- news, we had one other story on Disney plus, and that is from Giancarlo Esposito. I think in an interview said that there are three to four seasons. There are most definitely three to four seasons of the Mandalorian. I think he even says at least four. Yeah, um, yeah. I have, to, I have the quote, unless you have it, Pat, if you want to read it. I have it in front I, of me. No, I don't have the quote. Go for it. So he says, we're living in a universe that's just huge, uh, and there's so much to explore. So I think the show is going to lay the groundwork for the depth and breadth that's going to come in season three and season four, where you're really going to start getting answers. Wow. Yeah. I mean, A, that's a bummer. We're not going to get answers in October, but um, but B, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm glad it's going. It wasn't last week we were taking bets on how many seasons it would go. And I yeah, think I think Grant and I said three and you said five. I did say five. Yeah. You might have a winner there. I, I think it's already passed us if they actually do four. Uh, I'd be thrilled. And I mean, what a great vehicle to explore the galaxy and the sort of bounty hunters and. I don't know, even if it's just like core Mandalorians, it seems like they're they found creative ways to go through all all the other crucial and exciting elements of Star Wars without being yeah. too stagnant. I don't know why you just wouldn't keep going. It, it, you don't have too many giant names in the cast. Right. It's a completely, as we talked about last week, a recastable show. It's called The Mandalorian. It's not called uh, it's not called Din Djarin, right? Like you could. Yeah go somewhere else with the story. Pascal doesn't even need to be in the series anymore. No, uh, he could just, but he could just do the voiceover gig, right? Yeah. If he just never takes off his helmet. I mean, you, you have, you could have John Favreau taking more of a back seat as things move forward. We get that a lot in shows. A lot of shows after three, four seasons have creative changes. You have a ton of time in the star Wars universe, right? You have 35 years of time to be able to tell stories. So I, you know, why would you kill? Why would you kill the golden cow or right? the golden calf if it's still if it's still right. doing well and getting viewers? Yeah, totally. You could totally you know shift focus in this show. Like, I think it was just last week or the week before that that I speculated. You know, there we there could be a character Trojan horsed into this show that is has a a destiny that's tied to the dark saber who is a Mandalorian who can then right. fulfill the needs of the audience that were following a Mandalorian character. And this could be right. the character, this Aragorn and the Strider type character that's right. tied yeah. to the sword. Yeah. And, and Din Djarin is just a means uh, to, to meet this character, to find right. this character. That's a yeah, really good totally. point. I love that. I mean, yeah. yeah, it could be the Boba Fett uh, season in season three. It could be, and then be handed off to the Sabine Wren Season yeah, four. and I'm thinking Sabine. I'm t- I was saying all of that without saying Sabine, but I, obviously Sabine <laughs> would be maybe that person. Yeah, yeah. Right. or, or Bo Katan for that matter. What I think it is what you should do is just make sure you have three season arcs that wrap up, right? Like, just I, I hate shows that like Lost did it, Supernatural did it, where it's just like, oh, we got another season. Oh, I guess we'll have to keep making the story go forward, right? right? Like, just as opposed to like. Just, you know, seasons one through three is one kind of story. And then we do another story arc in seasons, you know, four, five, six, like something like that. Right. So you at least have planned outs that if you're like, viewership has dipped, this isn't really working anymore. Let's just finish the storyline and we get out clean. Yeah. Yeah. Plot point should have some weight. It shouldn't just be this ongoing charade of, you know, survival and and, antics and things like that. Uh, I totally agree. Um, So, so possibly like, it could be more than four seasons of the Mandalorian. Like what, what, what does that mean? I mean, could this show just be an ongoing show for, you know, the, the, for the perpetuity of Disney plus, like could this thing going on forever. I don't see Disney. I mean, star Wars has been looking for a hit, you know, not yeah. that, I mean, the movies did huge, right. But they're looking for a, a, like a crowd favorite hit, right. That everyone loves and everyone really does seem to love the Mandalorian. Why would you, why would you stop it? But can you guys see a, you know, Mandalorian season 32 or, you know, something just ridiculous like that where it's been going on for the like, as long as The Simpsons? I don't think know? so. I mean, I don't think like, it I don't think it, it clears seven. seasons. Yeah. If it and even then it seems ridiculous, like we we, we want to see them answer what the Mandalorian purge is. We'd love to see yeah. them um, reunite Mandalore and recreate Mandalore. I mean, you could have a man, you know one last Mandalorian civil war and like sort of, you know, bring back the, the early, you know, tell this, you know, or spiritual bring back the 
um, you know, the real essence of what Mandalore is with like the Mandalorian and, you know, that sort of thing. You could maybe do a flashback. Imagine if they had like an old series where it's like they talked about the Mandalorian Wars or the Mandalorian Sith War and it was like all a flashback to Mandalorian Sith War. But I mean, like after that, it's like, yeah. yes, you could use it as a vehicle and start telling new stories that, that go into the future. Um, but it's like, what do you, you know, you're going to run into the sequel trilogy. I don't know. It, that that stuff seems a little drier that like they want. Yeah, they want Star Wars to slap. Right. Yeah. And yeah. It, that if they just start writing for writing's sake, I think that would be dry. I think they're just buying time until they find the next big, big thing. Um, Kenobi is going to be a hit, but that's going to be limited. So they need to figure out what their next long form story, you know, Cassian Andor, this new, um, uh, uh, Lane, oh, I should know her name, but anyways, the, the female story that they're, you know, female protagonist story that's still in the works. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, so one of those are going to hit or they're going to figure out what the next generation of storytelling is that's going to surround, uh, I mean, it'll probably be the you know something built around the next feature. I wouldn't be surprised. Sorry, Leslie Headland. I can never remember there you her name. Go. the Leslie I know. Headland yeah. series. Um, you yeah, know, there'll be something there. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's the Lando. I mean, they could do a Lando series forever for as long as Donald Glover wants to do it. Yeah, I mean, there's r- rumors in the less less than reputable areas of the internet this week about a Mace Windu Disney Plus prequel trilogy. Like, there's That'd the point great. is there's there's so many stories out there. And Ben, you, you said something interesting. You're talking about like a flashback season or something like this. I mean, maybe that's the way forward. No, we don't. We're not going to get 32 seasons of The Mandalorian, but maybe they create a Mandalorian verse, right? Where you do have a season, you do have a, a breakout character who gets the genius, show, right? Genius. Like I. I think yeah. uh, you know, I won't bring I won't bring politics, but if you if you had a certain character on that show who didn't start saying really controversial things, that individual may have gotten their own series. I don't see that happening anymore. But like you might have other characters who kind of pop in, and you're like, this, let's let's follow this person all the way. It's a giant galaxy, right? They're all the way off in some other section of the galaxy, and then you have five seasons like this, five seasons over with this character, right? So maybe just grow that universe in, or that galaxy in, in the in the show, and so you do have tons of seasons of the mandalorian verse right yeah and you could do different mandalorians from different eras right you could mm-hmm. do, the next mandalorian could be the original mandalore and it could just yeah. the show could be called the mandalorian maybe you think you're in for the same ride the same era you know just post return of the jedi but you're you know you're caught by surprise when yeah. you, yeah. you find out this is five thousand years before that you know it's like wow that's that would be really interesting that would be great. I, I mean, ultimately, we're missing the the elephant, the tiny green elephant in the room, yep. which is that, I mean, they could you could have the baby Yoda show like he, he could. I mean, if we go the ridiculous route of him becoming a Mandalorian, um, you could follow <laughs> baby Yoda for, a, you know, an eon. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so there's there's a lot of possibilities there. I mean, it's all built off of one excellent season. Um, Favreau does great work. He does great writing. Filoni does great work as long as they're sort of there. And I mean, or if they're, you know, teaching and bringing along being leaders and teaching, you know, the next generation of writers. Yeah. Um, Rick Famuyiwa, you know, like, you know, keep bringing up excellent talent like that and they buy yeah. in. Yeah. Let it ride. Yeah. Uh, we got to milk this generation of hardcore Star Wars fans that have been, you know, that were infected at birth by like this love of star Wars. Um, that's really our generation and they're sort of peaking right now. So, um, it's important to get them. And then hopefully, you know, there'll be more generations of hardcore star Wars fans that are going to, you know, arise and more talent that's going to tell good stories. But I think it's, you got to get it to star Wars has to capture you. And then you've got to sort of find your way and become a creative and, um, and yeah, get to that elite level. But that's a that's a person I want writing my Star Wars stories. I want hungry up and comers that have a story they they're desperate to tell. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, uh, and that's you know that's what I want in the Cassian Andor series. You know they've they've got this new director and um, you know Gilroy seemed like a great partnership for that because of his involvement in Rogue One. But um, yeah, we'll see how they go. I just want someone hungry and creative, um, and that loves Star Wars. They're out yeah. there. There's lots of us. Oh, yeah. Um, great. Well, why don't we move on to the comics? Cool, cool. Comic Crystal Comics Corner! All right, welcome to another edition of Comics. Uh, hold on one second. 
And welcome, and welcome to another edition of Kyber Crystal Comics Corner. It's quite a mouthful. Uh, this week we are covering Star Wars, Bounty Hunters, and Darth Vader. I think we're going to start with Star Wars. Yeah, yeah let's do and it. I, I believe I did the coverage for that one. Uh, Star Wars this week it's um, Star Wars number six, uh, The Destiny Path uh, Part Six, uh, written by Charles Sewell. Uh, uh, Jesus Sayas as the artist, uh, Jesus Sayas and Arif uh, Prianto as the colorists, and VCs Clayton Cowles as the letterer. Um, great. So last time we saw Luke, he was seemingly going to drown in this water-filled cell. And uh, what do we know? Who comes to his rescue? Rescue none other than R2-D2, uh, <laughs> as always, tried and true. Um, after uh, R2 rescues Luke, uh, Luke and Virla make peace and exchange views on the Jedi, the Force, and uh, one's choice to confront the darkness or flee from it in the face of great suffering and pain. Uh, after their long conversation, uh, Virla gives Luke coordinates to a lightsaber on uh, the Tempest system in the Outer Rim. Uh, upon discovering the lightsaber in an old Jedi temple, Luke is ambushed by the Wraith, the Grand Inquisitor. That's, that's pretty much just the coverage for that without revealing the very, very end, which I think is yeah. really fun. Kind of yes, I love this this episode or this issue so much i like this is the like degree that i wouldn't i wouldn't even be so bold to like hold all comics to the standard because it was that good like i just they it had all the great stuff for like classic luke skywalker in there r2 like all the lore bombs that you can like shake a stick at and then like mysticism that doesn't even make sense which in a great way It, it just had so much goodness in it um I, I was I was I, I loved the uh, the kind of uh, moral philosophy and the, the navel gazing and the, the kind of the, the conversation between Virla and Luke, I thought was super interesting and 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 worked as commentary on almost all the films. But I felt especially The Last Jedi, I felt like oh, it was yeah, definitely. a direct one to one commentary on yeah. a lot of the beats in the last Jedi. And I think beautifully highlights certain things and beautifully fills in the history, Luke's history to make that film really sing. I think it makes The Last Jedi sing in such a beautiful way. I think this 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 comic is an essential read if you love The Last Jedi because I feel like it really does work in tandem with all that Ryan, yeah. I think, tried I, to do with Luke. I will say, even if you don't like The Last Jedi, it also is a good read because I think it gives us what, you know, a lot of people wanted to see more of, which was hopeful Luke, right? Like, yeah. I love what they did with Luke in The Last Jedi. I think it makes sense. But there's a lot of there's 35 years. Right. And so we get to that point and we can we can rediscuss this. But I love the fact that we get I just like that there's Luke. He's still hopeful. He's still talking about what what it means to be a Jedi, the importance of this, even after learning who his father was. Right. Mm. That there's still that spark of hope in him that I, I really like seeing. Yeah. And I mean, conversely, Verla's perspective on the force is fascinating. She's just like like the force has been nothing but a curse to me it's just like predestination is terrible like it's it's predestined me to be hunted my entire life and lose everyone i love and it it makes a lot of sense we don't see that sort of side of it much in star wars but um she's just such a cool character in that way where it's like becoming a jedi has been the biggest curse of her life yeah she's worried about being uh entangled in the force and she's worried about luke's destiny and he, and he also is you know succumbing to the will of the force and kind of use the force as both good and bad you know being caught in its ebb and flow like a river you can get knocked against a rock or you can flow to the you know this this the pond you know at the end mm-hmm. um it's it's all just a matter of what's your role in the story of the force or the story of this cosmic you know kind of uh, uh, I guess not an intelligence. Yeah, I guess an intelligence, but it's it's something other than that's kind of dictating your emotions and your actions in the galaxy. It's pretty fascinating stuff. Yeah, yeah, very pragmatic approach in some ways, right? Rather than the, like this mysticism, fate, vision that Luke has. Um, I, you know, this is a random thing. I, I'm just gonna let's just ruin the lightsaber reveal because <laughs> yeah yeah let's do it um spoiler I mean, gets, wall yeah, yeah. I mean you, if you've been listening you know we spoil these things he gets the yellow lightsaber and you know a lot of people are probably saying oh they're doing this because of Rise of Skywalker which yes they're also doing it because of the early miss miss uh created Luke Skywalker 
Kenner right. action figures. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, Jedi. Yeah, yeah, lightsaber. Like that to me is an amazing moment of like you are canonizing, like the mistaken merchandise. <laughs> yeah, the layers of commentary on this issue alone is staggering. Just how many, yeah. la- like the layers in this issue. It's, yeah. Well. I mean, that one moment alone, it's like they've synergized it with the High Republic, right? So this is (laughs) the High Republic temple. So they have some of that. And then, yeah. I mean, yeah, that lightsaber. I mean, just the fact that we get a third Luke Skywalker lightsaber to drill over for, like, you know, lightsaber dorks like me. I'm just like, let's tell me more about this lightsaber. What happens? I mean, this issue ties in um, prequel era. Real, like uh, original trilogy era, sequel era, yeah. Rebels, yeah. High Republic, <laughs> Clone Wars. Yeah. Like it actually Previous finds this full in... comics, Vader. Yeah. Comics. Yeah. yeah please, like it brings in like every era that's been like it's pretty amazing and does it in a way that feels like, like I, I don't think we can discount the fact that we have Luke fighting an Inquisitor or the Wraith of an Inquisitor in right. this, right? Like that is weird, but it yeah. works. This story is so brilliantly slotted in Luke's past yeah, because it's it, what it does is it kind of foreshadows the idea that at some point in Luke's life, he is going to want to run away. That's pretty much what this issue foreshadows. But in this issue, he is able to thwart the darkness, which is this wraith with a yellow lightsaber. Nonetheless, this kind of gleaming beacon of light. Right. And then, so it, it, he, he is symbolizing that, that idyllic, you know, sense of heroism that he had when he was younger and how that may fade someday. Uh, I think a lot of people, I, I, I love the last Jedi, but one of the things I do argue against the last Jedi is I don't think the catalyst for Luke being on Octu was a super convincing catalyst. I thought it could have held more weight. I thought it could have been more horrifying and terrifying. And I feel like when you, when you talk about Virla, Virla's character, she's, I kind of, she's a runaway Jedi, essentially. She's a runaway. Uh, uh, and, and what she ran away from was, absolutely horrific and you get all of it it's basically mm-hmm. the dark tides arc in the darth vader series where you see you see that even her master is this kind of he has this darkness to him where he initiates the order 66 protocol against all the inquisitors at one point in that yeah arc. fair and, and yeah like yeah. she has seen some horrific things and been in real physical harm and danger and i feel like and just to escape that was terrifying that, you know, with the, the fear of drowning as well as Vader chasing you, like I can't imagine anything scarier than that, honestly. Right. And she didn't escape and do what, like, um, why am I blanking on his name from rebels? Um, Kane and Jarrus, Kane and Jarrus, who was still out in the world, right? He escaped yeah. and became part of the world. He became she a truck a driver, truck essentially. driver, but still yes. out there meeting people, yeah. having relationships. She is just a hermit. Right, just yeah. terrified of being out in the world. So her her survival has not very is very not very hopeful, right? But like I buy it. I actually buy yeah. it. I buy, I buy everything. I buy her story entirely. Me uh, too. Yeah. yeah. But it's that survival at all costs, right? The survival yeah. to survive, but really are you surviving? I wonder if that was her problem. Was like she gave up on her quest and that's why she's sort of haunted. Yeah. You know, like she it seemed like she made some groundwork, she had found some temples. She clearly was hunted by all the Inquisitors and Vader, but at this point, all the Inquisitors are dead, you know, and it's just Vader. But again, I do refer you back to those comics. Those comics are are quite, they do leave an impression, and uh, I imagine the impression it had on her uh, is, you know, indelible. It's going to be something she remembers forever. Um, Let's let's reveal that little, let's uh, spoil one more thing, which is uh, the Wraith seems to be a sort of trap planted by Darth Vader and controlled by Darth Vader. Yeah. Right. I mean, it honestly seems to be, it's the grand inquisitor, right? It yeah. is the grand inquisitor's soul like, or spirit or wraith, right? right. Yeah. 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 Trapped like from without, you know, so we can't perish. And I wonder if that's unique to him because the last time, the time we see the grand inquisitor before this is he, he is a guardian in a temple on Lothal. That um I don't know if, mm. I'm pretty sure it's Lothal that um that Kanan Jarrus finds when he or like a, a guardian spirit that Kanan Jarrus finds um when they I think uh Ezra Kanan and Ahsoka all go back to that um that temple to try and find their spirit guide they all want to communicate with Yoda 
and only Ezra does. But I, I, right. Ahsoka, I think, sees the destiny of Anakin Skywalker. And, um, but, um, yeah, right. Kanan Jarrus runs into the Inquisitor. Yeah. And, 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 uh, and it's a temple and, guard at that point, and he is masked, but you are right, Ben. I think it's the voice of the Grand Inquisitor. No, he, he takes his helmet off. Oh, he does take it off. See, okay. it's, because that's what he was a temple guard before he was, right. uh, right. you know, a, Inquisitor. an Inquisitor. That most of the Inquisitors were fallen Jedi. Um, so, yeah. Um, so that's kind of like, is it unique to him? Do Inquisitors live, or, I mean, um, temple guards live forever? Like, are there spirits trapped in temples or like, I mean, it's fascinating. That's interesting. I would buy that lore, right? Like that's their job in life. So wouldn't it yeah. be in death maybe? How is yeah, Vader like that. controlling that? Like, I know. Yeah. I love so that this comic makes, uh, makes Vader out to be this kind of mystic, you know, wizard. Yeah. It, yeah. That's, I love that. More of that, please. Like, I thought Dark Visions was going to be a lot of almost like Vader in his head just doing magical right. things. But, yep. Uh, I'm reading but that now, was, actually. It wasn't that. But no, it was, other, it was, other, kids. It was yeah, other things. It was good stuff, though. Except for one issue uh, was kind of controversial. Uh, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, there other, one right. issue was yeah. highly problematic. But there was other good stuff in there. Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite has that going blasting through oh, the yeah. part, like That panel design is one of my favorite things in Star Wars comics they've done. Um, there's something that kind of happened in this comic that I think it might come back around, and that's just because it seems... Um, it's what they do in comics. It's it's visible yet somewhat background, and that's the destruction of a holocron. I don't know if you guys yeah. that up. I mean, that's very prominent that it happens, and then you even seen a scene where Vader is standing next to it when he's talking to the Inquisitor. Like, I don't think that's an accident. If you're you know illustrating, I mean, granted, yes, you would expect to see a holocron in a temple, but it's just interesting that it's very bright. It draws the eye, and it's yeah, something happened there for a reason. And then it, well, then when they started fighting. Um, the Inquisitor started just destroying some yeah. of the stuff in the room en route to like that battle. And it was a fantastic battle too between them because you're like, he's like, you, you wield the lightsaber like a child is what the Inquisitor says to Luke. And Luke has like zero training in lightsaber combat at this point. Yeah. Um, I appreciate being like the, the, the way they illustrate him wielding lightsaber seems exactly how you would think he would wield it right after empire strikes back. Like you right. Like they didn't give him better skills or anything else. Like it makes sense. Yeah. He's just trying to keep himself alive, but he's so strong in the force. He knows how to just like use the force to keep himself alive. Just, which is, yeah. that's the only lesson that, that Obi-Wan gave him. Right. Just instincts, right. He's just going by instincts and blocking and, and just, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wait, so this is, this is post empire strikes back though. So yeah, He's trained with Yoda as well. He has trained with Yoda, yes. All right. Okay. But he has clearly, between Empire and Jedi, had more training with the lightsaber. He's definitely a yeah. different lightsaber dueling uh, with abilities. Uh, yeah. Post Cloud City. Yeah, he is a really like Kendo esque style. It's yeah. pretty cool. Uh, we also see in the, at the very end we see um, we see Poe Dameron's parents hanging around. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, they're yep. finally. We see Nine Nub. The, the gang's all there. Starlight yeah. Squadron. Yep. Um, yeah, and like just him igniting his lightsaber is like enough to. Um, I'm just I'm fascinated. I hope this um, lightsaber gets cannibalized and turned into Luke's next one. Um, if this whole series is like ultimately just about how we get Luke's green lightsaber, that's enough for me to like put it in like the <laughs> upper tier of like comics that I've read because that I dying to see that story. Um, right. and, and so far that's what we're getting. I mean, it's like, we see why he couldn't find his, you know, original Anakin saber. Um, now he's got this one out of nowhere. It's like, yes, make this more complicated. I really Let's hope we end this turn. series with the, uh, the deleted scene from Return yes. of Jedi, right? That's that a, deleted yeah. scene, right? That's how yeah, this should yeah. end, right? The, totally. the last frame of this whole thing. I was thinking the same run. thing when I was reading this. Yeah. If yeah. you haven't seen that deleted scene, go on the internet. There's the internet. <laughs> and um and and Google uh, you know, deleted scene Return of the Jedi. Because uh, there's one of them also... where he's he's essentially he's like actually putting the finishing touches on his lightsaber in a cave yeah. that's like within view of Hut's palace. 
That's yeah. pretty sweet. Jobs yeah. Palace. I think yeah. it's actually, I don't even think you need to go on the internet necessarily. I mean, you can find it, but I think it might be on Disney Plus. Disney Plus, when you go in the oh. extras, actually have pretty substantial deleted scenes in the extras for mm. the original. I was, I was impressed when I went through no, it. No, so you're right. It is there, actually. Yeah. It is there. Because I, one fateful night was like just combing through them. Yep. Fell down that hole. Yeah, that won't be top. the last frame. That won't be the last panel, but maybe like he walks out of the cave, right? And but I'd love for them to recant yeah. that 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 scene because that that was like the holy grail as a kid like talking about that yeah. scene like, people knew about that scene like i remember talking about it and i don't know if it's really? like rumor like rumors on the playground but like or i don't know how it happened or it was just in like starlog magazine or something but like yeah. people talk about it it's actually cooler to know about now like honestly if it happened in real time we'd be like that scene like why is he putting his lightsaber together two now, seconds before he yeah. uses it yeah. but like i don't know now for some reason it's super special to like yeah. see. um or yeah. to have him walk you could have him walk up to java's palace and then the doors could open and that's it and the right the light the light shines onto his face yeah yeah it's pretty cool i mean that because his like green lightsaber design is like the hilt is obi-wan's like it was very close to obi-wan's design but the color is yoda's color green um so i just want to know how that happened like if i that's all i need out of the rest of the series and then i'll be stoked yeah cool um should we go on to the vader number five sure uh number five okay everything's a bit out of whack yeah with the with the numbering um yeah i'll take it so darth vader number five dark heart of the sith part five by pack yenko menon uh karamanga and lee and short little summary uh vader's quest takes him to polis masa the site of padme's death and the birth of the twins where he hears his wife's dying words he takes his grief out on the amidalas and zed six seven (laughs) <laughs> Poor Z67. So I, I didn't read this one this week. Don't no, we're gonna, Zed67 uh, dies. Uh, he's fine. He's yeah, fine. Okay, earmuffs. Oh. earmuffs. I mean, oh my goodness. No, no, no. I want everything to be spoiled. Oh, that's what we, that's what we do, guys. Uh, don't worry. It's going to happen. But I, I mean, he gets chopped in half, but he's a droid. He'll be back. It's fine. Right. Just a flesh wound. <laughs> yeah. Um, this episode or issue continues the work that I'm really enjoying in Vader, which is moving him like doing the work of bridging the gap similar to what star wars is doing for luke uh of the gap between empire and return right where vader is a little more open uh, there's there are cracks in this armor that he's been developing for mm. the past 20 years and like i i don't know i think i love it and I don't think I normally would have loved it, but he actually sees the hologram of Padme's dying words. Like, like literally yeah. just there's good in him. I know. And that like, I know there's still, and then it's just like, that's a, like Vader hears yeah. those words. I kind of love that. Right. I, I kind of hate love it, but I love that. it. Yeah. No, that's, that's Padme doing a lot of work. She's doing a lot of heavy lifting right there. I think she's pushing, yeah vader to where you know the place where luke needed him to be to shift him further you know what i mean like i feel like that might have pushed the needle a little bit you know that's what this is that's what this this comic is doing it's pushing that needle right it's moving him and there's this after this is this really artful beautiful scene like grant as you know he's been doing these flashbacks where he sees his the back his backstory is red red. yeah yeah and so there's a scene of him looking down the shaft at cloud city yeah that was turns to red and it shows him it shows vader falling down the shaft and the next thing it shows anakin like 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 jedi like padawan falling down the shaft and then anakin as a child falling down the shaft like so he's actually seeing himself as like as as luke's journey falling down that shaft evolving is into back into a child like it's really artful yeah yeah it's yeah it's super powerful I think what we're seeing here is an there's an arc for Vader and it's it's kind of hard to believe that it's over. But like we saw the like early days of Vader where he was like hardening himself and, and making a commitment to the dark side, creating his lightsaber. We saw him on like just rampaging. We saw Dark Visions, which is like when he's just legend, um, dark legend and, um, you know, infamy. And now we're seeing the softening of Vader. This this journey has 
has weakened his resolve and yeah. with every episode with every step forward um yeah it's yeah. it's i don't know and so i think that's you know this is where it's going and it's prepping us for for his ultimate redemption yeah i kind of love these three series right like they did they did a little like you were talking about and they did them a little out of order like the first vader series um was very much focused on i think it took place around star wars or around new hope so it's yeah. kind of like middle of his journey and then the last series, as you mentioned, was like, right, the birth of Vader. And now this is the death of Vader. Right. And I really kind of enjoy that, that storytelling. And, and we see this even at the beginning of this issue where he is opening up Padme's grave. And that yeah. was so tense. Like they, they drew that out for like a couple of pages where he's moving the coffin lid off. And I'm like, this is getting right. really dark. And then, then he couldn't do it. Right. Couldn't like, he just like he stopped and, and then, and, uh, Z76 covers for him. He's like, good point. We don't want to her to be destroyed with the air. I'll just scan it. Um, I, I also like, realized yeah, that was a, that was a tough yeah, scene. He just like tough. makes a noise and he's like, yep. like can't do it. Can't do it. Yeah. I just realized I missed it. I, I can I redo my <laughs> I wish I could redo my my uh, summary because the end would be like Zed's dead, baby. Zed's dead. <laughs> <laughs> I missed it. I missed the opportunity. Adam <laughs> rolls so out of like a chopper. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, all right. Yeah. Uh, totally I find that fascinating. I'm uh, I'm thrilled by that, and yeah. it is it's super interesting because we did get the storytelling where he was, you know, primarily tortured, and then there were cycles of violence, and, uh, and he was obviously hunting down Jedi, and then uh, there was a lot of bureaucracy. You're talking about in the the, the a new a time of the New Hope and things like that, yeah. and now we're getting to. Like you said, the death of Vader, but also the rebirth of Anakin Skywalker. Yep. Hence the opening yeah. of tombs. The 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 you know as he's going deeper and deeper into these catacombs of his past. I feel like that's yeah. that's really beautiful stuff, and I, yeah. I can't wait to see more of it. And uh, and you're talking about that cycle of abuse. Looks like the end of this issue is going to restart again because he is in front of the, he's in front of the Emperor who reminds him. That the beginning of the of the of the step to towards back down to the dark side is fear. So and uh, like, you need to fear again. Yeah, yeah he so promises to bring fear back. Yeah. yeah. So that's going to be an interesting part of the journey too. But is is Vader too far gone? Is he just going to anger you know Anakin probably? Like yeah. there's a lot of potential there. I feel like because uh, Vader sp- feels especially obedient in Return of the Jedi. I wouldn't be surprised if Palpatine, you know, traumatized him with yet another yeah. trial or test that like totally, you know, well, there will be lightning for sure. Anyways. Yeah, that's for sure. But I think you're right, Grant. I think, I think he's now moved too far to the light side. He's even further than where he was at the beginning of six. So I think you're right. I think what's going to happen is these issues are doing a job of showing that there is light in him and, but he needs to come back to the dark. Right. But, and then that will be reawakened in episode six when he meets the sun again for the first time for the second time. Right. And discovers his daughter's alive and yeah. 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 Um yeah. That was that was quite the dance they did, right? Because he goes he goes back yeah. to the twins <laughs> were, were born and I knew they weren't gonna be able to reveal it, but it's kinda like I wonder how there's all these things. The crew tam B machine wakes up. I thought for sure we'd get the he she died from a broken heart line again, but we didn't. <laughs> um like just that whole like just don't how do you do this how do you do this in a way that didn't feel like you were just being it was a cheat, right? Like I was afraid it was felt very much like, but it, I thought it was written so well that I, it, it just made sense. Like it didn't bother me that, that, that wasn't revealed. Yeah. The, yeah. Leia wasn't revealed. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Interesting episode. I mean, just really powerful images. That's what, I mean, that's, I think the, the best calling card of the series has just been like these really beautifully juxtaposed images of Vader and Anakin. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude. Sure. Um, so, we... um, Talk yeah, one more. Shall we move hunters. on? Sure. <laughs> that was wow, really excited there, Adam. I thought it was that excitement and anticipation I heard in your voice. I want to hear more about Nakano Lash. Oh sure. well, okay. You know, you're Is in the right, right place. Did I get that name right? Yeah, you, you sure Nailed. did. Yeah. Well, you actually do get a lot more Nakano Lash in this in the story. You get yeah. Some... Anyway, I'm jumping. I'm jumping ahead. You go ahead, Ben. Yeah, let's just uh, set the groundwork here. Uh, this is Bounty Hunters. Galaxy's Deadliest, Part 5, The High Cost of Revenge, uh, by Ethan Sachs, 
Villanelli, Prianto, Lanham, uh, cover by Bermejo, and variants by Sprouse, Carl Story, and Naraj Manon. Um, Sue, right here uh, in Bounty Hunters number five, Boba Fett takes his turn avenging his lost cred versus Nakano Lash and the quest to save Cadelia and mend the feud between Unbroken Clan and Mourner's Whale Syndicate passes to none other than Valance. Baylard Valance. Baylard Valance. Thank you. I was like, I knew there was Baylard. What's it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, anywho. Um, so this is when uh, Fett gets his crack at Lash. Uh, he's angry because uh, she blemished his good name. Uh, and by good name, I mean deadly name. Um, and, um, you know, he actually he holds his own despite the plot armor surrounding Valance. And um, <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, I mean, cool to see. I mean, just beautiful artwork of of Boba Fett being Boba Fett and. Uh, some great lines that I was just um, reading in um, uh, other people's voices the whole time. John Ham, yeah, John, John Hamm. Ham's voice. Um, the whole, I was like, I was like trying on John Ham's voice for like, you know, just taking that yep. first and um, some Tamara Morrison. Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, um, a spoiler alert: Nakano Lash. This might be her last bounty hunted, um, and uh, we get a little more of her history. And, um, you know, good battle versus, you know, Valance and Boba Fett. Um, spoiler alert, Boba Fett lives and goes away thinking his job's done. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. And then Valance picks up the mantle from from Lash uh, trying to save. So Nikano uh, Lash, what's, what's the fate of Nikano Lash? Um, pretty... She blows up off screen. Yeah. So, so if yeah, she, it, was if protecting, she was typical, protecting um, the yeah. uh, a daughter of the Mourners Clan or something like that. Yeah, you know, yeah, broken, broken Clan, Cadelia. Yeah. I mean, they actually, what you said is exactly right because she's uh, the daughter of a person from uh, Mourners Whale and Unbroken Clan. So yeah. she is uh, Mourners Clan. Actually, would be a right. good name That's for an issue. Criminal yeah. Sin. There you go. That is the issue allegedly of this. Um, and so that was, you know, Lash's mission to keep her alive. And now, uh, apparently Lash and, uh, Valance were airtight. They were, uh, buddies. Yeah. yeah. The whole crew used to r- run together. That's yeah, I know. But like everyone else is like, Lash, I'm going to kill you for what you did. But like Byler's like, I got your back. Right. Um, because maybe... Lash at Disney, uh, a Star Wars story. I think you guys, <laughs> we might get that. Sure. Standalone. <laughs> Uh, so as long as Valance is in it, <laughs> I'm cool with it. There's uh, a lot of there's a lot of flashbacking in this yeah. episode in this issue, which I was a little like, wait, why are we telling this? Like, I feel like we already got the story that like last issue that McConnell Lash, what didn't actually kill this thing is suit. It's like Reservoir Dogs. It's the diamond heist. It's the it's the the, the heist of the, yeah. the the daughter of the two families. It's that's I don't know. That's what I feel like this is. Yeah, actually. Yeah, Res yeah. Dogs and yeah, like, yeah. Romeo and Juliet, and you—that's and yeah. that's you get uh, bounty hunters. Uh, yeah, but like, but like the Boz Lerman Romeo plus Juliet version. Yeah, with some with some lethal weapon like sprinkled in there. I feel like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> some Terminator. Yeah. Some Terminator. <laughs> sure, sure. Like um, it's fine. Um, best I line just, from this easily yeah. is uh, uh, Boba Fett is like like you're not tough enough droid he calls him a droid yeah balance and i was like oh no you did it <laughs> and then he was that really made violet mad yeah uh, he didn't like just like being called a droid actually I guess, yeah, yeah they would grind someone's gears <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh that's a pun absolutely intended um yeah <laughs> Yeah. It's so weird. I burn my comic stash. After he says that, after the uh, after the droid, you get the you get Valance in typical action hero, like you said, getting like that's enough to get him really angry, right? And then yeah. you get from like in every single panel, you get I'm not a droid, right? As he's yeah. fighting back, and then like yeah, cue the hand cannon 
It's like, it okay. sounded weird to me though, and I don't know why. Where it's, it uses the contraction "I'm," and I feel like if you're doing this really punctuated speech, it would be "I am not a droid," right? Like it's weird to be like "I'm not." Uh, yeah, that is. It felt weird to me. I'm like that's not that's not how a human would do that. That's, but anyway, well, he's not a human, is he? Clearly not. And then I love that he gets shut down like a droid immediately after that. After he's so angry that he's not a droid. Yeah. He just gets electrocuted like a droid. He gets shut, literally gets shut down like a droid. So I'm like, you kind of are a droid. Yeah. <laughs> Tough look. Tough um, look for old balance. They are definitely John McClaning him a bit, where he just gets the crap beat out of him in every episode issue. So yeah. appreciating that, at least. Like, he is constantly... Except beat. I'm rooting for him to get beat up more. Is that yeah. wrong? No, we, that's... We get a lot of that with Vader already. Like, I don't know if we... It's like... Yeah, Do we, we talked about. That? Yeah, we talked about how there's only so much room for the uh, the cyborg genre? cyborg with a heart of gold, you know, space <laughs> in Star Wars. It's kind of taken up. He's yeah. essentially supposed to be the foil for Vader, right? Like that's why he was created. Yes. Yeah, I guess. Oh, I see. Yes. I mean, this is that's <laughs> why. So why does he have the exact same story? Like, I don't understand. Uh, I thought the end of that sentence was so well, why he's, he's good hearted, um, you know. He's very human, whereas yeah. I guess Vader is very evil. He's very well intentioned. I feel like you could take you could you know take a uh, a greater turn. You know, like you could take a bigger right turn just away from Vader altogether and do something He's fresh just with that character. Too good-hearted, though. Like we saw this character go through the Imperial Academy, right? Like he was part of the Imperials. He's like, like I don't, I don't. Is he an ace? Is he an ace pilot? He, he was. He was blown out, blown out of the sky. Right. That's saved by Han Solo. That's worth. That might be worth exploring. I like ace. that. That storyline was. Well, it was right. That was Shadow Wing, right? Was um, that the series? Oh no, it was no, the it was Han Han uh, Han Solo Han Imperial Cadet. Yeah. yeah. Um. So that's a good series. That's a that's the first time we see him, right? Yeah, and I think it's also. I think that was written by Sachs. I think it was. Yeah, I mean and that was a great series. I enjoyed yeah. that a lot. But Balance was a kind of peripheral character in that. Obviously, um, yeah, Han Solo takes up a lot of oxygen. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think the the probably the biggest challenge to this story was finding protagonists, right? Because like all of these bounty hunters are scoundrels, right? And that's what makes them good. So you need to balance it out with some protagonists. And so they're like, okay, balance, you know, makes sense. Yeah. I mean, his name is, for blank's sake, it's nearly Valent. Valiant. Yeah, right? Like it's like, Valiant. Yeah. Valiant. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, yeah, 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 I got it. Um, <laughs> and he's a shining, he has shining appendages. I mean, he is. But yeah. Did they try to make him, like, the other part is then they try to fake us out, like we are supposed to buy that he's going to be a scoundrel at some point where I'm like, I don't buy it for a second. Right. Like I just, right. he's, he's like, he's like, he's Han a pulpy Solo action, Han he's a Solo. Pulpy action character too, though. He's not just right. like a goody two shoes kind of. He's like Han Solo, Han Solo took the money, put it in the millennium Falcon, took three seconds and then went down. But you know what? No, I'm actually going to hang around and stay. I'm not going to go away. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, this is a dumb idea, like, right? Made a decision immediately, like changed his mind immediately to be a good guy, like right, like he's like there's just not, I don't know, I I feel bad. I feel like every, I feel like I don't know. I really liked the last issue. The last issue had me on board. This issue lost me again a little bit, not horribly. Like I, it went down smooth when I read it. Like it was a good pulpy read, and I think that's just the mentality I got to take with this series right now. Is it's it's pulp, right? The other ones are doing more more work with established characters and are trying to be more artful. And this is the pulpy fun comic and there's rooms for lots of different types of comics in star Wars. And maybe I just need to judge it at the level it's presenting itself. Yeah. Or should I just be crabby about I'm, it? Do we like no, me being crabby about it? You'd be super positive. And I'm just going to say the best part of this comic was the last page that previewed the next comic uh, oh. in, in the Bounty Hunter series. Adam, yeah. Uh, yeah, we get we get hinted at now. As I will remind everyone, comic covers lie. Uh, <laughs> so I'm not I'm not super hopeful. But we uh, it is uh, we get Forlom and Zuckus uh, holding basically balance at gunpoint. At, at gunpoint. But I'm we better get it. I have a feeling it's going to be the last <laughs> the last the last scene of the next issue. We're not really going to get until issue seven. 
Nothing would make me happier than uh, Forlom and Zuckus smoking balance for once and for all. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. The, I mean, uh, yeah. melting them down. Yeah, scrap. I should I should say, comic covers do one of two things: they either lie or they give away everything. Right. And I was thinking about that because if you look at the cover of the Star Wars comic from this week, it shows him holding that yellow lightsaber. Right. Yeah. I'm like, really? Right. So don't put that in your cover. And I this know, one, I, yeah. I saw rumors of the lightsaber um, on the internet, and they're like, blah, 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 he gets a lightsaber. And I, I actually figured it was some sort of misdirect or a flashback. I really, and I thought, like, in the last panel of Star Wars, he was going to, like, try and turn on the lightsaber, and it wasn't going to, like, start, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It just seemed kind of too good to be true. Um, but no, it was just there. That that comic was just like eating a perfect Belgian waffle covered in New Hampshire maple syrup. It was just <laughs> delicious. No, I'm hungry. Now you're making me hungry. <laughs> yeah, that's um, amazing. And again, uh, read the comics. Like the comics are great. It's yeah. some of the best Star Wars storytelling out there, uh, especially in Darth Vader and the Star Wars main run, I think are exceptional right now. Um, yeah. Yeah, incredible storytelling. Yeah, and beautiful. Yeah, really beautiful art. I always like get a screen grab for my phone. And this one I got this like tight on a death trooper, just like looking down the barrel of his, you know, <laughs> R eleven or whatever that is. Or E eleven extended, whatever. Yeah, I don't think we've had this level of talent working in Star Wars, you know, before this moment. Obviously uh, there's been greats who have worked in Star Wars comics, but now it's just so uh, uh diversified. There's so many different, you know storylines that are coming out and the writers that are coming to write star wars are just so talented so it's like it's just really fun to read these these contemporary comics compared to some of the older dark horse comics i have because it felt somewhat limited back then and uh now these new runs are just really exceptionally strong so yeah yeah man well uh, agreed i guess we uh covered it for this week um these comics were great thanks for listening to us um next week We'll come up with, uh, you know, whatever news or something exciting going on. I think, are, are we going to get Afro in time next week? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, Afro's coming out next, next week. Yeah. Afro will be Af- this Wednesday. Yeah, Afro's so Thanks. good. Maybe we'll dip in or maybe we'll we'll hold off on it. Uh, a week from Saturday, or August, or October 3rd, Grant, we get Squadrons. We'll be, so. Squadrons will be in our hands, I want to say, before ne- our next taping, our next record. Uh, no, it's it'll be just late. after. Just after. Yeah, if we recorded Saturday, this is a Friday night right now. We're doing this yeah. Friday night lights. Well, um, so it's a week from Saturday. Uh, maybe depending out. on if it's a light news week, maybe we push the episode a couple days and do yeah. some coverage. Yeah, do some early squadrons coverage. That sounds fun. Um, all right, two hours I will have to play it. <laughs> I know, right? Well, any hours will be fun, and we're forced yeah. to do story mode to begin. So you sort of. Like you can't do multiplayer until you've done uh, right. the first couple missions of the story mode. So um, that'll be great. I actually saw a leaked um, video. I was going to send it to you, but it was such a shady link. I just didn't want to give you like seven malwares. <laughs> <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Crash, crash my cup. Yeah, it was a uh, so spoilers here um, for squadrons. But um, uh, Admiral Sloan gives one one of the Imperial um tie pilots orders to hunt down the remains of alderaan like the alderaan pilgrimage yeah um and take them out um so that's some high leverage yeah uh storytelling there there's a lot of aftermath pulls seems like yeah did you also see that they're doing seasons um in the release stuff and i think they're also doing long term like week long weeks long um modes on multiplayer so like week-long campaigns oh, battles like like seven week-long campaigns or something like that like apparently wow. like they're doing a lot of pretty big stuff on the multiplayer side of it well, I was, I was, see i was wondering if they were going to do a sort of like world of warcraft thing where it's like horde versus alliance but it's like shattered empire versus new republic and it could be like you know week-long week-long online wars that yeah. are calculated quantified and then by the end, you forgot who's ranked the highest and who won and all this kind of stuff. Who won the war for yeah. the galaxy? Battlefront Two did that um, a few times in the midst of their thing, probably just trying it out. 
but it was like um yeah they would do like 10 day long battles and just like you know you'd you'd fight for your side and see who you could um who would win um but uh yeah so that would be fun be another aspect of this i'm just you know look you know anticipating trying to get good (laughs) Sorry, that's my <laughs> attack load. Stop talking about Star Wars and come and pet me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's uh, defending the castle, as it were. So um, anyways, uh, from my loath wolf to you, uh, thank you very much for listening to us, and uh, may the force be with you. This is Grex Kondak signing off. For the latest breaking news, follow at Core World News on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you, and good night. Remember, the Force will be with you, always.